Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast for Amazon sellers. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. And in this final part of our continuing series, we're going to talk about being more accountable to your business and how you can grow the business the right way to have accountability built in right from the start. So to not only be a CEO, but a true leader in your business, you really have to have an extreme ownership mindset and actions. For us, that's about owning everything 100%. And this is a concept that was put into a book by Jocko Willink. And you can check that book out. It's called Extreme Ownership if you'd like. Now, if you're in a lot of the Amazon seller Facebook groups that are out there, you've probably seen many people blaming Amazon or the competition or Chinese hackers or whatever for the problems that they may be facing in their business. And that can lead to losing focus on what they need to do to grow their business. And they only focus on negativity. And it also stops them from understanding that for about 99.9% .9 of all issues, there is a solution and they have control to create that solution. If we as entrepreneurs and CEOs don't take 100% responsibility and hold ourselves and our team accountable for the ups and downs in the business, then our business will be far less likely to grow in a sustainable way. So today we're going to talk about how you can take on extreme ownership and own everything in your business, not just the things you're responsible for. Yeah, right. So this might seem like a weird concept because if you've got you know people working for you, then don't they have responsibilities and, and all that? stuff right which yeah of course they do and there's going to be things that are out of your control but that's how we're going to talk about it today it's like how do you actually what does it actually mean and so therefore how do you take control yourself also some people might think this is a secondary trait in ceos but it's one of the most critical characteristics of successful business leaders so you are the leader of your business you're ultimately responsible and accountable for everything in your business right now of course if a listing gets shut down on amazon or Amazon are late bringing stock in, you know, into the warehouse and all that stuff, then you might not have had a direct hand in that happening. But you are absolutely 100% responsible for owning the solution. And Amazon is definitely not going to do it for you, right? Also, as a leader, it's your 100% responsibility to make sure that your team are empowered, trained properly, and have the right feedback from you for them to be responsible in their role. If they're not, then ultimately the book stops with you and you have to find a solution. So we want you to take extreme ownership. If you're accountable and hold others properly accountable as well, then you stay focused, you become more efficient and conquer the goals quicker than any other Amazon seller out there who are just haphazardly running their businesses, right? So here are the key areas that we're going to talk about today. What does taking extreme ownership mean and being accountable in your business? Also, how do you as a CEO stay accountable and how do you develop your team to be accountable as well? And also using a mentor to accelerate your growth through actionable accountability as well. So there's lots, lots of accountabilities in there, but um, hopefully that's driving the, the concept home as yeah. well, right? Yeah. And the very first thing I want to discuss and that we're going to bring up here is, you know, what is being accountable in your business? What does that actually mean? And I think we can look at it a few ways, but let's try to simplify it into a few categories. Um, we said right up front, but like every day you want to basically eat up the problems, you know, like you're at a Vegas buffet. So, you know, whether it was you or not, you got to get, you got to get rid of these problems and you got to take these on and you got to find solutions to them. Right. So just having that right frame of mind is going to set you apart from like 99% of the business owners out there. 
basically, if you don't have that mindset of like, how do I just fix all the problems that, that kind of come up and how do I proactively think about what problems could, could arise? If you don't have that mindset, you're going to, you're going to be crushed by business. Generally speaking, you will be nonstop thinking that everything is out to get you. Your, your paranoia and your mindset is going to be that of, uh, of not a healthy mind state. And I would say that you're probably not very well equipped for business. And uh, I don't know that you would be wanting to do this business for very long, but practically speaking, there are some things you can do. So the first thing I would say in that kind of category is set goals for your business each year, quarter and month. So this can be sales, profit, profitable actions, what things you need to do. And, you know, maybe you got to launch more products. That's a profitable action, right? If you don't do this, how are you ever going to take accountability for the things that you do or do not do? If you don't have a goal, then basically you have no accountability. If you make no goals, your business is running on basically a whim. And that's never good. You're, you're setting yourself up to fail right from the start. So set goals and, and, and do this quarterly, monthly, and yearly. And if you do that, you're, you got step one pretty much ready to go. Then the next thing you want to do is keep committing daily and weekly actions in your business so that you have exponential growth over time. Because without action, you slowly kill the business. We've seen this literally dozens of times, if not hundreds of times in our you know eight years of selling on Amazon, where people just get complacent, they stop really caring, and their business just dwindles down and dwindles down and dwindles down. And then they then they just get out of the business or they sell it off for way less than what it, what it is worth at you know, its peak. So if you don't keep committing daily and weekly actions, this is what will happen to you. It's, it's guaranteed. And then the next thing you want to do is when you make a mistake in the business with or without employees, you write it off as a learning opportunity and quickly work to find a solution to that mistake. So instead of thinking, oh, I failed. Oh man, everybody's going to think I did something terrible and, and people are going to look at me like I'm dumb or I've made, you know, lost money or whatever. Don't care what people think. You're, you're investing in yourself to learn how to do something. And if they had any guts, they'd probably do the same thing, but they don't. And that's why they criticize. That's why haters hate. They like to drink the haterade and they don't, it doesn't cost anything to do that. But for you, it might not feel great at first, but once you start really getting successful at something, then they're going to come back around and be like, oh my God, well, how did you do that? And you're like, yeah, I, I made a bunch of mistakes and I finally got to where I wanted to go, but I actually had the guts to do it. Whereas you didn't. So that's the difference between you and me, right? That's, that's literally what's the difference between successful people and non-successful people is having the, the, the guts to start and the perseverance to keep going. So every mistake is a, is a learning opportunity. And then the next thing is never blame Amazon or others for something that happens in your business. Even if they're more responsible than you are for something happening. Even if, you know, by a small mistake, you basically cause Amazon to take action against you or your listings. It still comes back to you did something somewhere along the way, or you didn't proactively see something happening that could have been a potential problem. Most of the time, I mean, unless like, you know, your house gets hit by like a tornado, like literally you, like an act of God, you can't stop that from happening. Maybe you could have built a better house that didn't get blown away by a tornado. I don't know. But if you live in tornado areas, probably want a pretty stable house. So there's lots of things you can always proactively think about if, if you even think that there's the, the, the risk, a decent amount of risk for your business. So proactively think about solutions and then reactively solve problems as they happen. Yeah, exactly. And I know there's probably some people listening that are like, yeah, but you know, I've had, and, and this is true, this, this can happen, right? And I'm not scaring anyone out there, but there can be some, what you call bad actors, bad players on the platform that 
could go to Amazon and say that they've got a patent when they haven't, or they there's you know your product is not great, and you could get shut, it could get shut down for those reasons, right? That that has happened in the past. But what we're saying here is, if you're going to take ownership for that, you have to spend the money to get the right lawyers involved to get you that listing back, and or if if the say the product it wasn't you know, it was doing okay, but it wasn't your main product, I would just move on, right? <laughs> Literally, an extreme ownership situation is, is that really going to stop me from building the, the getting to the goal that I want? Yeah, it's going to be a blip in the journey, but I'm going to spend so much money, so much time, so much wasted effort trying to get that back. The best thing that I could do right now is keep that bubbling in the background, but get another product in, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to find ways, if you're going to take ownership of this thing, what is the key thing that you need to do right now to take control to get you closer to the result that you want? And that's what we mean by extreme ownership. Yeah. And in terms of staying accountable in the business as well, this can be a bit hard as a, as a sole employee or, you know, if you're obviously still working, it is harder because you've got a limited amount of time, right? Or you might be the head of a small team and you want them to keep motivated as well as yourself to keep motivated and committed to the business as well. So to keep yourself accountable and take on that extreme ownership, and we keep saying this over and over again, and the reason we keep saying it is because, you know, guess what? If you hear something over and over again, then, you know, eventually somebody might actually believe it, right? But you need to set action plans to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. So as we said, you want to set the goal. You want to then break those down into quarters, and then you want to follow through on the actions every single day, right? If you're not doing something every single day towards that goal, and we talked about this in an earlier episode about doing pull-ups, for instance, you know, then you're not going to do a pull-up on day one, but what you are going to be doing is doing small actions that are going to build up the muscle so that you're going to be able to do the the pull-up. And that's exactly what you're going to be doing with your goals. And you need to do something every day that's going to get you closer to it. And if you don't do that, then just be objective about it and just understand why. Why did I not do it today? Did something get in the way? Did did I not plan it out properly? Did it take me too much more time? Do I need to plan more time in the future? So don't beat yourself up. Don't put all the pressure on yourself, um, but just make sure you're objective and understand why you didn't do it and then put a plan in place to actually make sure that you get it done in the end. Then give yourself a weekly schedule of things that you need to do every day so that you actually, again, move forward to the annual and quarterly goals. And don't procrastinate on big projects or things that you don't like to do. Just get them done. Like we said, usually on the bigger projects, it's because the goal itself is a bit scary. And we, we, we're kind of, it's kind of overwhelmed by the enormity of it, right? Mm-hmm. First thing you should do is always break it down into smaller chunks. And then the other thing is usually because you don't really want to do it. So number one, does it need to be done? If it doesn't need to be done, get it off the list. And then number two, if it does need to be done, just get someone else to do it. That's the quickest way to move forward and start pushing the boulders forward, right? And one of the easiest ways to make sure that this happens on a regular basis is to actually build the business that you're passionate about. Because if your motivation is not there, then guess what? You're not going to build the business that you want. And we've worked with a lot of people that have been successful if you like on paper in terms of the getting sales they're making some money as well but they just hate the business they hate the products that they're selling they hate the customer that they're serving not hate them in a bad way but you know 
we had one client in we and he was like we were asking him about his ideal client and he was kind of work, going through the motions and Isaac said to him it sounds like you hate Susie or whatever because he had he had this avatar right yeah. he's like yeah I don't really like her very much yeah. so he was basically trying to sell to like the corporate um suburban you know keeping up with the Joneses type person and he literally just quit his corporate job so that way he could get off the grid and go RVing with his family and I'm like don't you dislike this lifestyle? And he's like, yeah, I do. So I was like, why, why are you passionate about selling to these people? He's like, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> just switching that focus brought a whole other motivation level um, to actually really build a business that not, not only brings you money, but one that you're proud of as well. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the hardest things as a business owner that, that a business owner has to deal with is keeping their motive, their own motivation and their team motivated as well. So how do you empower your team to have extreme ownership in what they do when it can be very easy for them to lose steam since it's not their company, right? So most people, anybody who has ever had a job, how much do you really care how much the business grows? If you're just getting paid an hourly or a salary employee and you're not in, you know, an upper level management or officer in the company, you're probably not getting rewarded for the growth of the company. You're probably getting rewarded for either your particular actions and you're getting promoted or you might have, you know, a profit share or something like that, where maybe as the business grows, you get like a little tiny percent. Uh, but basically, if, if you don't build this into your company from the start, then you probably won't have a very motivated team. So make your growth part of their growth. If the business does better, then promote and compensate the good workers that helped you get there. That is the least you can do. Literally, it's the least you can do. As you build the business and as it grows further and further, give them more incentive. Say, hey, you know what? If you hit these goals, then we'll give you more bonuses or whatever. These are things that people love. Like that's that's why people actually love working for, you know, it's not always about the money. It could just be about, um, you know, any other thing. And we'll go over a couple more here, but, you know, it could be anything that that builds that confidence, that, that morale, all that stuff for your team. Um, but you generally it comes down to they're working for money, right? Let, so let's talk about money first because that's what they, in the end, want more than anything. And if you don't fork over extra money for them doing a really good job, they will leave. And then you're kind of start stuck from ground zero and trying to find new employees, right? Second thing you want to do in your business is lead by example. If you act like you want your employees to act, they are more likely to do the same. If you act like a jackass in the office or you know when, you, when you're having team communications, they're going to act like jackasses too. That is pretty much how it works. I know because I've acted like jackasses plenty of times at certain companies, and that's the kind of employees we attracted. Um, <laughs> so I can tell you by experience that that's kind of how it goes. But basically, you want to you know attract people who have a sense of professionalism, but also can you know have fun as well. And and if that's what you want, then that's the kind of way you should act towards them. You always want to have a positive, critical feedback loop as well. So praise team members when they do a good job. And when they make a mistake, make it clear that it's a learning opportunity to do better next time and explain, you know, here's what I would do. And here's maybe what you could do. And this is how, you know, maybe next time we can avoid this issue, but always try to help be helpful and not just screaming and yelling. Right. I mean, I don't know how many times I, I work in Las Vegas or I live in Las Vegas, but I, I, I know people who work in kitchens here and literally every chef or every line cook or every you know person that works in the kitchen every time somebody makes a mistake, it doesn't matter how many times you make the perfect food. Once you make one mistake, you're getting, you're, you know, getting screamed at, yelled at, you're almost going to lose your job over one tiny thing, right? That's not the most, you know, fun environment to work in. 
Um, yeah, it makes you probably a better cook in the end because um, you never want to make, make a mistake, but people make mistakes. You, you don't want to be like, feel like this is life or death because unless you poison somebody, it's probably not, which hopefully you're not poisoning anybody. <laughs> and then this is a key one because this is where people kind of get a little soft, I think, a lot of times. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that they, they, they want everybody, you know, they have that feeling inside that everybody can do good, right? Some people just like to take advantage of you. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, don't tolerate people taking advantage of others or you and not pulling their own weight. Sometimes you, you'll have to let bad apples go because otherwise they'll rot the whole bag, right? The, mo the morale of everyone else in your company will be shot if you keep keeping bad employees around. I don't, I don't have a single friend or family member who doesn't complain and bitch about somebody who's bad at their job that they work with. Literally every single one of them is like, oh man, Jacob's a piece of garbage. I can't believe he still has a job. My, my dad was just telling me the story about how this dude like crashed two trucks at his work. And I'm like, that's got to be like a half a million dollars worth of damage. He's like, yeah, probably. I was like, how is this guy still like, how would you not get fired for something like that? But you know, there, there's, there's, there's bad apples out there. Like if you see that they're just not doing, if it's a true mistake, don't, don't hold it against them necessarily. But if they're just taking advantage of the situation and not pulling their weight and like making other people do stuff, that's time for you to, you know, step in and say, you know what, it might be time for you to go because you're taking advantage of everybody else. And that's not what the kind of company culture that we want. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we've all done it right because we don't want to, we don't want to write people off. We want to give people a chance. Yeah. Um, but I would say 99% of the time, if you've got that feeling that they're not going to be the right person for that job, then you should kill it there and there, right? Because yeah. if you just keep giving more chances, more chances, more chances, they're just going to prove you right, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and so it's not that they're bad people in any way. It's just that they're not right for that, for you, the company, and the, and the role. So it's a hard thing to do, but it's definitely something that I think also, you know, we're still learning at that, right? We're still, I still have to get better at doing that myself. Yeah. But I, so I know it's something that I need to get done. But, yeah, it's definitely one thing that can hold the company back um, and hold hold the rest of the team back as well. And I, you just sort of, um, I had a memory there of, um, you know, like rewarding people and, you know, you can reward people with small things, right? But also don't be the fun police, right? So what I mean by that is I remember when back in my corporate days, we had a, a new general manager that came in and the first thing he did was stop the birthday cakes, right, for people. <laughs> and he will always be known as the GM that stopped the birthday cakes, not how he grew the business, not how he promoted people. He was always just going to be that guy. You know He's what I mean? trying to save you guys from getting diabetes, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? And it was just like, oh, oh, the guy, there was another guy that came in, he stopped the Christmas parties. You know, no one's allowed to go out on a Christmas party. It was like, right, okay. So, and this was in Australia as well. So it wasn't a good move, right? Yeah. And he was British. So that wasn't a good move. <laughs> but yeah, they're always going to be, no, that's the legacy. You don't want that to be your legacy, right? Yeah. The person that stopped the birthday cakes, right? Yeah. So... Just kind of, of course, there's there's a time and a place for, you know, being efficient with time and money and all this other stuff. But, you know, when you've got a team, just think about their motivations and and how they're going to, you know, they're going to go the extra mile for you if you don't stop the birthday cakes. Let's, let's crazy how much people like cake in office settings. Because there's nothing else to do. There's no other fun. <laughs> like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> Give them frisbees. Yeah, you're definitely not going to be able to do that. So... From birthday cakes to our final point, um, which is really about, you know, how can you accelerate your own 
ownership accountability right and I know we've, we've kind of said this a few times now but really finding someone who's going to able to help you plan better understand what your strategic actions are going to be so that you can actually cut time and level up your experience very quickly and tapping into what we call the vast knowledge bank right and it's not even just about knowledge it's about experience right mm -hmm. it's about the experiences that they've had that they've been able to learn from and really shortcut the way that you're going to go, right? So every major business leader has mentors. When I was in corporate, we had we paid millions of dollars to consultants to come in, even though we had big leaders in the business and they were really good at what they did, but they just didn't have the time to be able to sit down with everyone and accelerate a specific part of the business. So they spend millions of dollars on this stuff, right? So if it's good enough for them, I'm sure it's good enough for little old us, like trying to grow our businesses, right? Yeah. Um, we also have mentors for ourselves to do better each year, whether that be in business, um, health, tr personal training, whatever, that sh a chef, right? Like if you, want, if you want to learn, this is the funniest thing, isn't it? It's like if we want to learn how to cook Thai food, it's probably easier to do it really authentically if you go to a Thai person and they show you how to cook it, right? If you mm -hmm. want to learn a language, it's probably easier to go to someone that can speak the language that can teach you how to do it. But for some reason in business, we all think that we just want to do it all ourselves. And uh, you just kind of kind of flip flip the things on its head. What else would you pay a mentor for that's going to help you accelerate the result that you want? Mentors can see at a quick glance what you're doing wrong and what you should do to fix it, right? Because we've all been there and we, we work to solve problems. Pretty much anyone that, you know, comes through to us, we'll, we'll give them a plan straight away, yeah. regardless of whether they work with us or not. Or not to be able to say, yeah, I can see exactly what the problem is in the business right now. And if you just worked on that one thing, then you're probably going to be able to double your sales, right? And a good mentor is going to be able to do that, really gauge where you're at at the current skill level and guide you step by step on how to hit the next major goal for you. So again, it really depends on where you're at, what your goal is, and what you need to put in place and simplify everything, decomplexify everything in your business, as Isaac would say, because it's not just about doing more. It's about just doing simple things really well. And that's what a mentor can see. Even if you think you know everything, they're going to see it straight away and go, why are you doing that? Right. Stop doing that and just keep doing this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure decomplexifies in the English dictionary now. Is it? No, <laughs> it is in our dictionary. <laughs> yeah. And then the one thing about that, you know, good mentors, just to talk on that, there is a difference between people who are just teaching information and people who are mentoring you, right? Mentors will look at what you're doing. They'll look at your business. They'll look at your skills. They'll look at everything about you. They'll tell you exactly how to move forward from there. A teacher will just say, here's the concepts. Go out and implement them. And then that's it. And they won't look at anything you've ever done. So don't just find teachers of, of information. Find mentors who are actually willing to work with you because that makes the literal true difference between you struggling for years and you being successful much quicker. So if you do that, then I think you're going to find, you know what, it was well worth every penny of an investment. Um, I've never been disappointed in anything we've ever put money into in personal development for ourselves. Um, you know, we've, we've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on this over the years. And every single time it's paid a high return on investment. So it's worth doing it. And we can say it from experience. So I know it's going to seem scary at first to like actually invest money in yourself to grow because, you know, this is what you have to do. And you're not sure when you're going to get the return on investment. But think about it this way. 
you'd easily spend $30,000 a year on college because, you know, college is college, right? What's your job going to be after you get done with college? You have no idea for most people, right? Liberal arts colleges don't give you a job. They give you information. And that information literally almost never leads to the career that you're going to go into anyway. Kirsty and I both have business or uh, college degrees, not for business, and it didn't help us get to where we're at. So that's just what you have to think about. Look, put this money and invest in yourself and, and focus on what you're going to do. Because when you do that, you have that, you know, that urgency, like, hey, I put money into this to actually do something. I'm going to grow myself now. And it's going to be for a very specific, specific reason. It's not going to be like college where at the end, you don't know what you're going to do. You're going to be doing it as you're actually learning. And that's the best part. It's, it's learn as you go kind of, you know, accountability and mentoring. Yeah. So that's, that's really what I wanted to mention there between the difference between mentor and, and a teacher. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, what, what we, and we've done this time and time again as well, is we might think we know what the problem is. But usually it's a symptom of something else. It's a bit like when you go to the doctor, right? And you, you're like, yeah, my arm hurts. So there's something wrong with my arm. And then they're like, well, that's, it's actually your, your hips are out of alignment and it's it's knocking your your, your arm, your shoulder out, right? Yeah. Or you're really? having a heart attack. Or you're having a heart attack, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, exactly. But you think you know what, what the problem is. And nine times out of 10, it's not that problem. Mm-hmm. So um you know, that's what a mentor can do. If you just buy a course on something that because you think that that's what's going to fix the problem, chances are you just you're just going to actually blow your money because that's not the thing that you need to fix. That's the difference, isn't it? Between I mean, it's not saying that the course that you bought is actually not good information. It's yeah. just not what you need right now. Yeah, it's a set. I, I did it with my knee actually, where I had a, an issue with my knee. I, I spent a year trying to fix it in terms of. Um, you know, getting Reiki and all this other stuff, blah, 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 right? Yeah, well, a load of crap. And to, to the point where somebody said to me, um, oh, yeah, well, just stop running because you're getting on a bit now. I was like, what? I'm not dead, right? So then I ended up getting an x-ray and I need an operation, duh, right? But I spent a year messing about with that, with that stuff. So yeah. just getting the right diagnosis is going to shortcut that so much quicker. Um, so if we can do it for health, we can do it for, you know, you know, I think people understand the fitness analogy, right? You know, and people are kind of more more inclined to do something like that now. But why we don't do it in business, I have no idea. Because at the end of the day, that's the biggest financial return that you're ever going to get. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what we want you guys to understand about being accountable and owning your business with extreme ownership. And so just to kind of recap what we talked about today. You know, obviously, we talked about what does it mean to be accountable in your business and what does it mean for extreme ownership? You have to be there 100% proactively or reactively own everything in your business. And then how do you as a CEO stay accountable? How do you get employees to stay accountable? And how can you use a mentor to accelerate your growth through actionable accountability? And that's what we want you guys to understand. And that's, you know, this is the last part of the series for the, the CEO um, you know, training series that we're talking about here. But, you know, when you implement this and, and take all 12 of these concepts and really put it into place, you're going to find it yourself, you're, you're a pretty unstoppable force in business because you're never going to quit. You're never going to fail. You're always going to have this mindset of, you know what, everything's just a problem. I can overcome it. And if I can build that into your, you know, if you can build that in your business, you're thinking I can build it in my business, then essentially your, your business will be unstoppable as well. So, it's just a matter of overcoming those things, getting the, the learning from doing things. And then obviously, if you want to shortcut that, work with people who know what the heck they're doing. So that way you can actually stop those mistakes, sidestep them, or you know, really grow even faster because you're doing things the right way more often. 
So remember guys, now that you're armed with this information, it's your job to implement it into your business and grow your business through action. Also to get some free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fuel your lifestyle, head to goteamreal.com to download our free training today. See you next week for the next Sprint of Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.